Projecting the jump. Projecting the jump. Projecting the jump. Projecting the jump. It's Nathan, Licky, and Jay. They're projecting the jump today. Will they guess right? Nobody knows. It's a podcast. It's about basketball. It's about coffee sponsors. It's about I grind for the love of the game. Don't need a rhyme or a reason. A grind for the love of the game. P2J is back with season two, the preseason. Woo! Welcome back, Jamie. Good to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you too. It is good. Still flying strong, I see. I've been flapping and flapping and weaving around some uh, some spaces, um, but yeah, hoops have not been in kind of my main headspace. I caught a little bit of, of the summer league. Uh, I saw Jabari Smith Jr.'s buzzer beater uh, against what team were the Rockets playing? You know, there were so many games that yeah, that one is so, so forgettable. It's so hard to say. It's so hard to was, say what that particular one is, you know, and there's a lot of injuries too. So, you know, who was if, watching the end of that game against the Portland Trailblazers? If, if you're new to the show, uh, Nate Trunk clean and, you know, I'm sure everybody listening to this first episode knows that he's a huge Blazers fan. So uh, I'm not going to be doing any burn type material it's a fascinating situation. We all want what's best for, for Nate. We want what's best for the Blazers. And I didn't intend to talk about this, but uh, but yeah, that was a crazy preseason game. Jabari Smith looks like a monster. Yeah, I, I turned it off before that that buzzer beater. I, I was watching, watched a good chunk of that game, but I did miss that. Uh, you know, Typically, the, the Trailblazers had won the, the previous two preseason titles. So uh, I was... I was already like ready to hang the banner again. So, but uh, you know, three peats aren't always going to happen, you know? So speaking of that, uh, the NBA must've not liked the fact that Trendon Watford last year's summer league MVP was outright cut for no reason. And again, I didn't plan to bring this up. I was a shocking cut. It's not a blazers take, but like, yeah, I'm sure that didn't look great. <laughs> you go from MVP of the summer league to not having a team the next summer. So that's one of those confusing things. I wonder if there's some sort of story that's going to come out behind the scenes a little bit. So, and I, I wonder if uh, you, see, I feel like we saw a couple of those moves across the summer where teams preemptively made trades or cuts. I know Houston did one, uh, but there was a couple of those where they planned to make cap space available for this player. And then it didn't happen. Uh, and then you're kind of like, well, why did you, why did you do that move? And I wonder if that's one of those situations, but uh, um but I I do have I don't want to like cut I do have twenty five more minutes on Trent Trent Watford so uh, I, if you want to just jump right into that we can. All I know is Joe Cronin's always three steps ahead, so we're good. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, last question about summer league: Do you feel like the product would be better if there were more games, or do you think they would just sit the players we want to see even earlier? I, yeah, I think they have in their head that they're going to play most, I feel like most of the guys that we're going to watch, they're, they're playing two games. That kind of seems what is what their program is. And, uh, and I would love to get down there for summer league. I know we've chatted on the side about maybe potentially hosting the pod next year in Vegas for the summer league. That would be a, a dream. And, uh, I think just that the buzz and the energy of the first couple games would be amazing, but I'll be honest. I mean, by, by the end of it, I was 
pretty checked out. You know, I would still check the box scores on on games just to see, you know, who was popping off, who was doing things. Um, but I would I'd turn it on and then even me, like I'd have it yeah. hoops not would kind of be like a little uh little little bored by that. I think that's fair, man. That that debut for Wemby against Brandon Miller uh, and the Charlotte Hornets, that game was unwatchable. That was just it was just atrocious. Um, so, but yeah, I think we're going to get to some summer league stuff. Uh, if there, what's real, what's not, is there anything to glean as far as sleepers, uh, in a pod quickly here, but today what we're kind of focusing on, um, is just some early player takes, uh, but specifically players who are benefiting from a change of scenery. And I, I'll reveal this to you, Nate. I think I might've told you this in our, in our research, but this could be a player who did change teams or a player who is going to be stepping into a different role um, on his former team or on the team that he remained on. So it could be an incumbent incumbent player, or it could be somebody who actually went to a new location. That's how I approached it. I did exactly the same. I, I tried to focus on new scenery guys, but, but sometimes uh, you can get a new scenery, even in your same, your same location, you know, you hang a new poster above your bed. Kind of a new scene. <laughs> some, some of the players I, I'm going to be uh, accusing you of being higher on are not poster worthy, but maybe you'll disagree uh so so basically i want to know some of these players should we be panicked about their new location or should we be partying now can you tell us a little bit about the panic or party before uh i go ahead and jump into the first player here and we get bobbing and weaving yeah we were pretty excited to be uh opening up this kind of uh our our summer series and uh we're kind of planning to be doing releasing these kind of weekly throughout the summer and a lot of it is just refresher over what what kind of ha- what kind of transpired over the course of the summer uh you know some summer league stuff some rookies um, and some looking forward ahead a little bit and so we were thinking about where to start and where to finish and I feel like uh, especially this time of year it's all these extremes you know either your your team won or lost the offseason you got an a plus or you got an f uh, and so this was kind of a fun like uh, a tongue-in-cheek take on that uh it's just strictly panic or party you know all hot takes coming today i love it that's well explained let's get into it i'm excited i'm excited to talk about this player i'm fascinated so so my first player uh with a new home that natron clean is sure to be higher on than me come draft season is john collins <laughs> john collins Ooh. Going from the Atlanta Hawks to the Utah Jazz. Uh, so what is it that Natron Clean is going to sell himself on uh, when that draft rolls around? First off, location services. Uh, is there something in the water in Salt Lake? Larry Markkinen took perhaps the most unexpected leap uh, in both real life and fantasy last year. So can Collins, who I think is we could agree is a comparable talent, can he follow suit? Uh, the second part, Nate, and then I'll let you rebuttal or tell me what you think. That I think you're going to start talking about. I can just hear you now saying, well, positive shooting regression. I mean, John Collins, his three-point shooting randomly bottomed out last year um, after shooting between 34 and 40% in each uh, of his first three seasons. Um, he shot under 30% for the first time in his six-year career uh, last year. Um, so, you know, what's real, what's not, it definitely was a bit of an outlier. Um, it was kind of a weird fit with uh, – uh, DeJounte and Trey Young just ball hogging the, the crap out of it. So uh, is it going to be any different in Utah? And, and what say you on John Collins? Am I right? Do you think he'll be higher on him than I will? You completely nailed this. I have John Collins as a, as a party circled in red, must the 10 party. Uh, <laughs> I, you, you, you nailed that one. Must uh, but before, before I, I launch into why I think why I'm ahead of the party, I'm going to start with uh, 
the reasons to not attend the party. And I think that uh, almost every every person that has been uh, had stock in him last two years is going to be like uh, aggressively nodding their head during this part. Um, I'm going to run you. I'm going to run you through his last four years uh, points per game. So okay. four four years ago, starting with four years ago, 22 points to 18 points to 16 points to last year 13 points. Ugh, what a trickle. Okay. Okay. That that's fine. You know he's not scoring as much. They brought on other shooters. Let's go to his rebounds per game. Let's do. Uh, he's kind of maybe focusing on playing down low. Four years ago, 7.3 boards per game to 5.5 to 6.1 to 5.4. Okay, that's, that's that's not good. Okay, let's maybe he's get, becoming more efficient as he's getting more of a as a veteran. <laughs> I know the answers <laughs> to these test questions. <laughs> yeah. So la- this is the last one here, but uh so field goal percentage, 58 to 56 to 53 to 51. It's 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 pretty bad. It's pretty sad and, and anybody that's it's uh had stake in it can can attest to that. But he, here's the reasons that I that I am high on him. Um Firstly, was that gnarly finger injury. I mean, I think anybody that saw that finger injury going around, it looked terrible. And he played through that all last year. And I think that had a big uh, impact on his shooting numbers on that, like, 28% that he shot from three last year. That's very fair. Um, We don't talk about that enough with players playing through an injury and how much. I think uh, CJ McCollum last year is a great example. Uh, And it really really hurts the production you get. But you really got to take it into account come next draft season. Yeah, that's a that's a great comp there. Um, but so the, the the reasons that I'm high on him is that despite all that, he's still 25 years old, yeah. and he's three years removed from being, wait for it, the number seven player per per game value in all of fantasy. Um, yeah. You know, and I I think that he is like you like you alluded to. He's going to really benefit, especially young guys. I feel like you see that this change of scenery. Getting away from Trey Young, uh, is pounding the rock. Getting into a system that's more, you know, egalitarian, passing it a little bit more. I think that could really, could really, really work for him. Um, you know, I, despite that terrible season that he had last year, uh, that he was pretty much on the waiver wire. This I was surprised to see this. He was still the number 102 player by average in fantasy last year. So for that reason, I I have it as a like deadlock that he stopped 75 last year. And in fact, uh, I haven't done my predictions yet, but I I'm likely going to have him in my top 50. So I'd say having heard everything you said, and I think a lot of the things that I said, honestly, can kind of play into your favor in, in this take. Um, I didn't get invited to this party, but if you have a plus one, I might want to go check it out. Do so you have a- <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I'm like, I'm down to, I'm down to come like, but I might leave. Let's go. I'll, I'll have the Uber swing by. We'll check it out. <laughs> okay, right on. So, uh, yeah, I think we nailed that one. We know each other's styles pretty well. John Collins uh, goes to Natron Clean. Uh, who do you got for me? The the next guy I have, and uh, one of these giant names that changed in the offseason. Um, and I'm thinking that maybe you're going to be a little bit higher on him than I am. but uh, But we'll see here. And that's Bradley Beal. Mm. Um, I have him more in the panic within reason category. Um, and the, the reasons for that is, uh, the last five years, his three point shooting has been under his career average. 
Um, I'm, I, my guess is in Phoenix, he's going to be kind of asked to do a lot more spot up shooting. Um, so his usage is going to come down a little bit, but his kind of open shots are going to come up. Um, last year, he averaged 1.6 threes per game, which is well outside of the top 100 uh, makes per game. His three point attempts over the last four years have gone from 8.4 to six to five to four point four last year, um, and in that same time, he's kind of been um, he's lost that Iron Man mystique a little bit. So the last four years, he's missed 15, 12, 42, 32 games. Um, so for all those reasons, I know he was still the fifty fifth ranked player in fantasy last year. Um, I'm just nervous about this trajectory that he's on and. Uh, you know, depending on his ranking, I'm I'm likely going to stay away. But uh, what, do, what do you think about Bradley Beal in that new location? So I, I don't know if I'm going to be higher on him, but you said a couple of things I, I did want to kind of talk through. So I think that it's true that his reputation has not come around to what he's had become in Washington the last couple of years, which is a high volume, low efficiency score. And that's mm. And then that's kind of bared fruit in fantasy too, when it comes to his low percentages. Yeah. Would you say the 1.63s? I mean, we think of this guy as a volume, volume three point shooter. So, I, so I am going to kind of tease this out a little bit. So, you know, in Washington last year, you had KP, um, but for the most part, he's been the go-to guy for a long time. So I am curious if he's able to actually become more of a spot up, you know, playing off KD and, and Booker. And if that would free him up, not only to be a little more efficient, but maybe, you know, the injury bug won't bite as hard next year if he's not bearing all that weight on a garbage franchise, you know, just carrying him around to 36 wins every season. Um, so that is interesting. And, I, and I'm going to want to see what the ADP shakes out to be. You know, I, I feel like mm-hmm. to gauge if I'm going to be high or low on him depends. And I just feel like I think he's one of those like players that people are going to be out on a little bit, you know, the tread on the tires getting low. And so, yeah, if, if he's sitting there, I would say in the sixth or seventh round, I'm, I am going to get tented. Um, but I still want to see what they plan. What, what are they going to do? They're going to run Booker at point. There's been some talk of running Beal at point. Like, I don't know what it's going to look like. So it's going to be a fascinating story leading up to the season. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, 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 it is hard doing these pods so far in advance of ADPs because it's a lot of speculations, but uh, um but yeah, that was just my initial hunch. And it sounds like we're about on the same page there, actually. Probably probably about on the same page. But I, I think I might be a, a sniff more curious than you about how we can do it in that third banana roll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, so who you got next, speaking of uh, bananas? This isn't a Natron guy, uh, especially coming in to this new situation. I don't know what it is. So my second player uh, is Tyus Jones, point guard going mm. From uh, Memphis to Washington, he was in that three-team deal that sent Marcus Smart to Memphis and Porzingis to Boston. So maybe you don't know you're into him yet, but this is what I think you'll sell yourself on because I've heard you sell yourself on this sort of thing before. Okay, so I'm calling this projected point guard volume. So I'm borrowing a term that's usually used for running backs in fantasy football. uh, And this cross-sport comp kind of works best with point guards. So Tyus Jones seemingly is stepping into all the minutes he can handle at point guard. And Jordan Poole is going to be chucking up all the shots he, he wants, right? So, you know, in theory, Tyus Jones is going to rack up all these dimes. But the reason I want to pump the brakes is, like, I'm just a little weary of projecting this, like, high assist volume for a lifelong backup on a team with every incentive to finally properly tank this year. I just 
don't trust what the Wizards are going to be doing on the court enough to be like, oh, yeah, lock it in, like easy top 60 player, top 10 in assists. And I think people are going to start penciling that in. And so I'm just going to be I think I'm going to be the one pumping the brakes like, hey, like, you know, it's we're, we're just projecting this volume at this point. Who knows? You know, they can mm. ship him off to a team that's going to have him as a backup again. I mean, it's the Wizards are going to be, you know, a shit show. <laughs> and so, you know, it's just for me, a, a lifelong journeyman point guard just actually just played on the one team. But, you know, a backup point guard. Um, I just don't know if he's going to step into 35 minutes and just no problems. Um, have you given much thought to Tyus Jones? And, and does it seem like the kind of player that you would be like, oh, that's good value. I'll grab him in the eighth round or, I'll, you know, six bucks or whatever. I feel like you, you summed it up pretty well in that uh, I know I have not given it, him any consideration in, in as far as fantasy goes. But yes, he does seem like he fits <laughs> into my mold of that, like uh, that guy that I pick up, you know, like on a like at the end of my bench. And then I want to hold on for too long yes. because I can see I see the benefits. I see the consistency. I see the glue elements yeah. that he that he brings. Uh, and he did. I mean, his numbers as you know when Jaw was out uh, were really good. Uh, solid. He, solid. He, he did a great job running the team. Um, he doesn't hurt you in any areas. Uh, you, you love not getting hurt. I do. I do. I don't know what it what what it is. Uh, why I got so wounded in a past life that I need these like safe guys to fall onto. But. Uh, um, have but you yeah, considered, no, I, think... Nate, I gotta ask you, have you considered adding assist to turnover ratio as as a category in our league? So I feel like it'd be yeah. perfect for you. It would be pretty seller. Yeah. Be seller. We've we've done eleven cap before, but I it would be fun to do one of these just like just like nasty like uh, lineups where we do say nineteen cap or something like that, and just just see like how in the weeds we can get with this. I was invited to a league that has double doubles and triple doubles th- uh, over Twitter. I- I'm not so sure if I'm going to do it yet, but I'm like, all right, eleven cat. I'll I'll, I'll give it a shot. Um, yeah, just, seems fun. It's a little bonus. I feel like it, it's. It's kind of the, I feel like if you you are going to win and then you get those too. So it's probably not going to change too many matchups, but that's interesting. So how would you um, rate your level of willingness to potentially party with uh, Tyus Jones in September or October whenever we draft? Uh, I would say that's that's a party that I'm uh, I don't have on my calendar. But if uh, but if somebody like calls me and says like, hey, we're coming to pick you up. We're going over there. Then I'll be like, ah, yeah, okay, that's fine. I'll I'll, I'll check it out to like for a little bit. Um, Would you make sure you grab something to drink from home just in case you got there and like it was surprisingly dry? No, I'm gonna pregame that party. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, that 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 one. I'm gonna uh, I'll be hanging out for a little bit. I'm gonna and I'm not gonna show up at that party at eight o'clock either. <laughs> okay, all right. So yeah. Tyus Jones goes to Nate as a yeah sure swing by and grab me uh yeah level of party yeah so so sticking with the wizards here uh which is why everybody is here to hear about wizards talk um that's right uh i wanted to go into uh kyle kuzma um who who yeah i'm thinking you're going to be pretty high on um but we'll we'll see here this is this is my that was my hunch natron clean Kyle Kuzma has been successfully identified as one of my players that I have on my list. All so, right. Man, this is this podcast is starting <laughs> off pretty smooth so far. So let's hear um, it. T- tell me, sell me on why I've already sold myself on Kuzma. All right. So he's coming off of a breakout season in Washington. So he's already done it. Uh, that breakout season included 21, seven and four. Uh, 
and on 2.5 threes per game on top of that. Uh, who's, you know, the, that's, those are, I mean, that's pretty great. He's a pretty young guy too. Those are great numbers. He all of a sudden became this awesome rebounder kind of out of a nowhere too. Uh, it was like, where, where how did this happen? Um, the, now the, the thing about that is though, and, and I feel like there's a longer discussion here about how much do you value rankings versus how much do you value the, some of these box scores or just these raw numbers? Because despite all those huge numbers, he was only the 136th ranked player as far as averages go last season. Now there's a couple holes in his game. A lot of them were that he averaged three turnovers per game. That's a pretty big number. Um, it's so specific. If you do punt, yeah. Yeah. So if you do, if you do punt turnovers, you get into the top 100. If you, once again, if you punt three throw percentage, which he's pretty bad at, then you, then you get up there pretty high as well. So you, you do want to be con- considerate of his builds. Um, yeah. No doubt. I was kind of really what I was wondering about that was a, how did he do it? And then B is that it, can you replicate that for next season? So um, how did he do it? I mean, first off he, he, his career average is 31 minutes. He had 35 last season um, and he chucked a couple more threes. He was shooting two more threes per game. So th- that was kind of the biggest thing, but I wanted to take a look at how he performed without the guys that aren't there this season. And so, nice. um, so in 21 games without Bradley Beal, his points and rebounds were pretty much exactly the same. Um, he averaged one more assist. He averaged one more turnover. Um, percentages were the same. So I think that losing Beal is not going to have an impact on his numbers at all. Um, I think that's pretty, pretty feel pretty comfortable in saying that. Um, in 970 minutes without uh, Porzingis, which is like equivalent to about 27 games. Nice work. Uh, it was it was interesting because the way that he he was used was different though. And so that's one thing I'm going to be keep, keeping a close eye on. So his usage rate with Porzingis uh, on the bench was 31% with him on the floor was 25%, which is a, uh, so 31. I mean, that's a sizable, that's a massive number. Um, that's a big job. And so that, that is something that uh, I'm curious to see. And so uh you know, and they they didn't bring on another big man to kind of really compete with that. They have some young guys that they're hoping to kind of throw some minutes at. So I'm not worried about the additions of um, a pool or Jones kind of taken into that. So it, it's funny because uh, the longer I talk, the more I'm talking myself into that's what I did as we're like standing here. But uh, yeah, uh, that's what happened with John Collins for me. I was ready to be like, oh, you loser, you're going to buy back in on John Collins. And then I went through my research and I was like. Well, he has a point, even though he never told me he has this point. I know he has this point. <laughs> and you yeah. Do. So I, I had him I had him written down and 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 once again I'm changing it the longer I talk, but I have him as a uh this is a pretty sweet work party. Like it's still a work party. You're not that excited about it, but they're gonna be doing some pretty cool stuff. There's gonna be some awesome food. Um, <laughs> uh, so that's the category I have fallen. But 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 you have you have them nicer than a work party, you got them as a I do. party. I do. Uh, think about it, man. I have him as the parents left town. It's time to stay home and trash the house party. 
Ooh, this is a good party. <laughs> exactly. So Kyle Kuzma is like a 17 year old whose parents left for two weeks and it's like, you know, late May and everyone, you know, everyone's about to graduate. And like all of a sudden he goes from like, you know, kid that can't really get a look to like, you know, he can go to any lunch table he wants after this party. Like, <laughs> so I look at the four year, $102 million deal they gave him. A, I thought it was a pretty dang good deal considering some of the yeah. contracts that are be, being slang out. Um, and so it's funny you mentioned the build thing because I did highlight and I wrote down fantasy points league people pay attention uh, because mm. much like Jordan Poole, like he hit the green light that Kuzma and Poole are going to have next year is so bright. I can like barely see my screen, um, mm. but just kind of outlining what I think this could look like. So last season, like you mentioned, Kuz gave you 21 points, 7.2 boards and 3.7 times. I think we can look at a 25.9 rebound, five assist season next year for Kyle Kuzma. Um, so in a points league where it's every volume is king, that could slide under the radar. I'm going to be trying to get that because people don't think of Kuzma as a guy that, but honestly, you know, he could be a top 30, 40 points league player. Um, and then in a nine cat league, you just want to make sure that he fits your build. Uh, because if you're going for like field goal percentage blocks, like a lot of, a lot of times I, I don't build those high scoring, high usage teams, but with values like Kuzma, I'm going to be more tempted to have some builds like that. Um, because I think he's going to fly under the radar. He's still just Kyle Kuzma. He's still like the dope that wore the giant pink sweater with like his M&M hair. Um, so, you know, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think he'll be a value in drafts this season. Um, and he could just go bonkers. And uh, because they paid him, I don't think it's the same thing as, you know, with uh, Tyus Jones. I think like he's going to be safe. They're going to want to have a case to, you know, be like, he's an all-star. He has to be, we've only won seven games, but you know, he's averaging 38 points a, a game. And over the last month, like I can see it now, like they're going to, I can camp- see that as well. Yeah, exactly. So he'll, we'll be talking about Kyle Guzman a lot this coming season. I bet, but yeah, I would definitely, I would definitely put a red flag next to him, depending on what kind of league or build you league you're in or build you got going. Yeah, that's a strong, but I didn't, I didn't even think about the, uh, the bump for points league category. That was a really good, uh, really good thought there. So speaking of no bump for a category league, uh, I'm very excited to reveal my next player to you, uh, Natron Clean. Uh, and so the third player I have... That, tell me it's a wizard. The third player I have that I know you'll be higher on because I won't be sniffing them is Grant Williams. Ah! <laughs> this, the power forward, small forward eligible on Yahoo player going from Boston to Dallas. Now let me tell you a little bit about what you're going to sell yourself on. Mm-hmm. You're, Nate's going to be telling me, listen, man, Grant Williams is going to do a little bit of everything over there in Dallas. Uh, look at, they really committed to him. They signed him this four year, $53 million contract. They give up like a healthy amount of draft capital. Heck dude, he could lead the NBA in minutes. He is this year's glue guy, glue guy, MVP. Mm-hmm. Natron, yep. will you be leaving any draft without this man at the end of your bench? Uh, I, I won't be going after him in the first round or two. You don't but, have to. Uh... <laughs> But will Answer I be question. reaching? Will I be draft? Will I be reaching for him four rounds before anybody else in our league? Yes, yes, yes. I will be. So this is an ultimate nail. Like, could I have nailed a more Natron clean? Like, is there a greater discrepancy of players for us this coming season, maybe than Grant Williams? I was so excited to see him go to Dallas. That was That's, such a it's a good it was such like a, a cherry, and it was right at the end of free agency. Uh, it was such a cherry on the top of that uh, at off season. You deserved a cherry this offseason, honestly. 
Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm happy for you. I'm happy for you, man. Yeah, the he'll definitely be on some glue guys pods where we're talking about the players who you know hold your fantasy teams together. If you haven't heard our glue guys episodes, please go back check check them out. They're really fun um, and get yourself kind of prepped on the idea of of the glue guy because glue guys 3.0. That's definitely coming down down the pike. But uh, but yeah, Grant Williams. <laughs> uh, for what kind of part? I mean, can you even put him into a metaphor where you're partying? Are we doing that with him? Is, uh, is that really I feel like I, I feel like it's your your uh your talk about it getting in the high volume of minutes and just kind of racking up a whole like trickle of assists across the board. I feel like he's the guy that's starting the party about four hours earlier than oh everybody else. You know, it's like one o'clock in the afternoon and he's over there with a uh uh asking if you want a shotgun and you're like dude i'm just like uh so basically all of your main buddies like that's like the licky buddies special (laughs) yeah yeah maybe that's why i like them so much definitely received shotgun videos through our group chat from your friends at 1 p.m (laughs) we had to switch we had to switch off a text messaging to a whatsapp strictly so we could send shotgun videos that's the main reason for doing that the, the videos are too grainy when you have iphone and android users what are you going to do it's a tradition i know yeah yeah you know you gotta do it but yeah no you know that one that was really good okay it feels good to have grant williams out of the way natron so you go ahead and, and uh hit me with your next guy well i'm gonna i'm gonna keep going with wizards that's uh I just kind of dip right back in there and uh and this one i feel pretty confident that i'm pretty a lot higher on than than you will be and that's jordan pool oh yeah um, oh you're 100 right i barely i left him off the list because i thought you'd cover him yeah you're 100 right. okay yeah. yeah i um i'm i was pretty the moment that that trade happened i thought well okay this is he's going to be pretty high on my adps um and and kind of a, the reason for that is so his career points per game has has he's been a really steady rise throughout his entire career. This will be his fifth season that he's going into, and he's gone from nine to twelve to eighteen and a half to twenty point four. Um, you know, he's he gives you a little bit of of some other stuff. You know, he gets two point seven boards, four point five assists, but really the reason you're there is the two point six threes. Um, he gives you a high volume of, of, of three throws and at 87%. So really helps you there. Um, but the reason that I'm excited about him is that it's just exactly how you alluded to is that just screaming green light that he got. Um, I look at Kyle Kuzma who got 35 minutes a night in Washington last year, uh, last year, last year, Jordan pool averaged, uh, uh, 29 minutes a night. So I, I feel like it's pretty safe to, to predict 34 minutes. I think that's a really conservative number. Um, so you're looking at, at a minimum, uh, 12% more minutes that he's going to get. And, and that's a pretty significant bump. Um, so if you do that, he's kind of, he's averages bump up to 23, three and five with three threes a game. Um, and probably about 74 turnovers per game. I, I don't know that one Give exactly, but yeah. yeah, it's kind of in ballpark. It's um, such a build specific. Hey man, if you're going to grab Kuzma, you might as well double dip on the wizard high volume guys. Yeah. I think it's, he's a really parable guy with a lot of players. Um, you know, and I think that those numbers also weren't accounting for the fact that he's just entering his fifth year. So he's still a really young guy. I think you you're going to see some further progression, um, especially because, you know, he's a fifth year guy that's going to be playing without fear of getting punched in the face in the middle of the game. I think that was probably a weird experience for him. (laughs) I think it was, uh, I, it must have affected the play. So, um, 
So for all those reasons, I think uh, he's easily going to be a top 50 guy if you're in a punt turnover build. Um, So I think depending on your build, he's going to be a a great guy to grab. I do see a distinction again, um, same as I said about Kuzma from my fear with Tyus Jones. And that is even if the Wizards brass isn't totally sold on Jordan Poole as a part of their long-term plans, they have every incentive to turn him into as good of an asset as they can. And, and to feature him in a way that's going to make other teams go, hey, like we could use 25 points a game. And, you know, so I think that no matter what, he's going to be a future player. He's locked in. Um, he's not how I like to attack. Um, so I'm going to let someone else. I'm looking forward to bidding someone up on him, actually. He's just that mm. kind of player for me. Um, but he's not a do not drafter. I just like, um, do you think Jordan Poole's good? No, it doesn't matter for fantasy. Yeah. We love his volume. But. I, well, I for me, like my, our favorite, my favorite hypothetical conversation we've ever, you and I have ever gotten into was two years ago. We got into which player would you rather have long term? Jordan Poole, Tyler Hero, uh, Anthony Simons, or uh, uh, I guess it was really those three. And it's funny because all three of them are probably going to get traded this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I don't think any of those three are very good. They're all very uh, expendable, high volume scores. Yeah, very replaceable. Exactly. Um, yeah, I think they're all they're all super six man that are now overpaid, but yeah. So next up, dude, um, I have the guys who I think I'm going to be higher on than you. Um, so we can kind of fly through some of these. These are change of scenery guys. Uh, if you're thinking about it in terms of fantasy, but um, a player I'm really excited about um, is Obi Toppin next year. Um, mm. Yeah, now an Indiana Pacer, formerly a New York Nick. Um, I love these players that, so, you know, a team acquires a player and you're kind of wondering about it and you look it up and you look up the games he had against the team that acquired him. And more often than not, especially if Doc Rivers is the coach, (laughs) but more often than not, that player's best games were against the team that acquired him. Same with Obi Toppin. Back-to-back years, he just went bonkers against the Pacers towards the end of the year. It was really silly season both years. Um, And the Pacers, uh, they're a team with a power forward spot that is just grabbing to be seized. It is is screaming to be grabbed and grabbing to be seized. Um, (laughs) So I think he's been one of fantasy basketball's most underutilized players uh, in recent years. Um, Last seven games of the season last year, Toppin gave you 18.6 points. And listen to these shooting splits, 57%, 44 from three, 90 from the line in 27.8 minutes. Uh, so wow. I think he can really stroke it. He is super athletic. I think he can play within a team structure. I think the Pacers kind of running gun style is going to be really interesting to kind of squeeze him in there. And we know he's better than uh, than uh, Jalen Smith, um, or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, who's just kind of a just kind of a bean pull out there, uh, just an inefficient three point shooter type. Um, I guess his biggest threat is that rookie uh, Jarris Wallace out of Houston. Um, yeah, Walker. Yeah. But they're co- yeah, but sure, yeah, thank you. Uh, but their coach is Rick Carlisle, so I think they're going to bring along a rookie slowly. So I think in the double digit rounds, uh, Obi Toppin's going to be one of my favorite flyers, like round 11, 12. Huh, that's a it, once again, it was a guy that once that movement happened, I, I didn't really give it much of a thought for fantasy. Um, but now that you say that, I not surprised that you're higher on him than I am. Um, and I, I guess in my mind, I had penciled in like those minutes going to, to walk to some combination of Walker and Brown, uh, Bruce Brown moving over there, obviously too. Uh, and, and I feel like a lot of that is 
Obi Toppin is, and we've talked about it in my previous pods, is a little bit of an eye of the beholder situation. And I think it's game by game because you watch some games and he's he's skying all over the place, getting boards, doing putbacks, running the you know running hard. Uh, and then you watch other games and you kind of wonder if he has anything else to his game besides dunking. Um, and so I, I, I feel like maybe I've caught more of those games that I see where he's kind of uh, highlight plays and nothing else. Um, and I, but, uh, but that it was, I feel like that was a really good point with, uh, I, you know, I, I love Rick Carlisle. I think, I think he's just absolutely a top three do. coach in the league, yeah. but, uh, but you're right. He does not like playing rookies very mm-hmm. much. And, uh, so yeah, he that could be a really interesting thing, especially with uh Benedict, you know, with with that backcourt that they have between Matherin um and Halliburton, those guys like to run. So there's yes. gonna be a lot of opportunity exactly. in the fast break. So um I think that was a really good uh I think that's a really smart call. It's funny you mentioned how much the games that we have caught about these fringe players and you know, Obi Toppin's a fringe player we're talking about in July. Um, I did catch the game against uh, against the the Pacers last year in, in Madison Square Garden, and he was just stroking it like he really has a nice shooting touch. Um, yeah, you're right. He looks like sometimes you look at him, and you're like, am, am I watching a 2K simulation or is this an NBA game? Um, so he kind of does have that feel to him. But I think this is the perfect system because it's a run and gun style. It's an open offense, but it's run by Rick Carlisle. So you're going to have to, you know, do the right things. You're going to have to prove it in practice. So I think it's the right time to see Kenobi top and ever be a top 75 fantasy player. I think it's in his range of outcomes. um, And I think if it's going to happen, this is the right opportunity. Yeah. Oh, I love that one. I mean, I don't totally agree with it, but I I love it. Exactly. I I thought that'd be a, a polarizing one. Um, the next one I have, and I, I'm guessing, I'm guessing they were both going to be a little bit lower on this guy than consensus, than consensus, but, uh, but we'll see, um, that's Marcus Smart. Uh, I don't know if you had him as guy you were going to touch on here. I don't, but Um, I love him so much. You know, I love Marcus Smart. Yeah. I, I love Marcus Smart too. He's, he's a longer player that I've always wanted the Blazers to have. And I feel like almost every fan base, if he was on your team, he, you would probably buy his jersey. Um, you know, if he's on here, if he's on somebody else you're playing, you, you hate him. And I, I kind of love players like that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit of two minds here with this move over to the, uh, to the Memphis Bears. Uh, the, his rankings the last three years were, you know, he finished 92, 75, and 89. Um, that's, those are averages. So that's, uh, those aren't the highest and not the lowest, but, uh, you know, I think there's, there's definitely the, the perks of playing for this season is that he, we know for a fact he is going to be the starting point guard for the first 25 games at a minimum. Yeah. I love um, that. And, I love that baked in. Yeah. It's, it's huge. You know, you're talking about what's that maybe seven weeks or so of having a just dynamite point guard. And then, you know, there's always going to be injuries, Elsewhere in the NBA, you have the opportunity to potentially pick up other guys. There's going to be trades, but uh, but the first season is a little bit more predict. First part of the season is a little bit more predictable. So having a guy like that is pretty huge. Um, the other thing I think is, which is a really big perk about going from from where he was to where he's going, is uh, Boston played at the 18th fastest pace last season, right. um, and a lot of that was a lot of ISO ball. Um, Your you turn, know, my turn, stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And he's going to Memphis where they 
they love to run. They were the sixth fastest team in the league last year. Um, so he's going to be getting a handful more possessions every game, a lot more chances to rack up all kinds of stuff. Uh, I think that's, that's a really big perk there. The thing that makes me a little hesitant is what happens after that 25 games? What happens as we kind of get into the fantasy playoffs? The one thing that gives me a little bit of pause is, is thinking about the spacing in Memphis um, mm-hmm. You know, because right now the projected starting lineup is going to be featuring three minus two non-shooters. I mean, you have Jaw himself and yep. Adams. Um, it's going to get a little crowded. Uh, Marcus Smart's a 32% career shooter, um, although he's not afraid to shoot it. Uh, obviously, he's not hitting it at a high clip. Um, and so they, they do have the potential to get a little creative by putting in like guys like Luke Kennard or Aldama or, or maybe somebody like Zaire Williams or Roddy, who knows. But, uh, but I, I think that uh, that spacing makes me a little bit nervous. And then the other fact is that uh, he's not old, but, but Marcus Smart, uh, you know, God love him. He plays so hard and he's racked up a lot of playoff minutes that just because of the the way that he plays, he's kind of tended to average yeah. between 15 and 20 missed games per season. Um, and I think that's pretty predictable to kind of predict or, you know, kind of project. So um, I think I kind of, uh, I, I'm not quite sure. I, I, I have him called as a, this is a party where you know everybody that's there. You know, you know what's going to happen to this party, but right, uh, right, right. you're probably still going to go. It, but, doesn't, uh, it doesn't as much sound like a party, but it sounds like a video you watch of a party you went to a long time ago. So you know exactly what's going to mm-hmm. happen. You're sitting on the couch and you're watching a party you once went to. It's not you're not even physically uh, there. You think that'd be fun to like relive, uh, like, say, your top three parties, like a, like a 20 minute like highlight of, uh, say, you know, Flying J at 24 at some place? I think it would be as fantastic as it is cringy. I actually have a, a VHS. That's how old I am. Wow. Uh, I took a public speaking class uh, in, when I was like 21. And there's a video of me. And it is like and it's it's actually a video about me. It's, it's, it's when the Sonics were in flux and they had been purchased by Clay Bennett. And I was giving this whole rundown on what was going on and like, you know, the stuff behind the scenes and and just it was my part of trying to kind of like lobby to prevent what was about to happen from happening. So I gave mm. a speech about it, but it's pretty cringy <laughs> to sit myself at that time, um, you know, so it's, it's always funny to go back and see yourself. But overall, I would I would very much like to do that. Just depend. I, I just prefer not to show everybody, you know. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, maybe a five minute clip or something yeah. would be better. But yeah. yeah. Well, so to get back to Marcus Smart and not me telling uh, talk, telling a speech in two thousand six about the Sonics. Um. <laughs> so what I like about Marcus Smart is in the past is like you the price you pay for Marcus Smart is always what you get. Like you know his deficiencies. You know the range he's mm-hmm. going to go in drafts. Uh, you know, in an auction, it's always six to eight bucks, sometimes 10, you know, you're going to seventh to ninth round in, you know, in snake format. And you know, the kind of player you're going to get, you're right, he does get dinged up. Um, so there's going to be a little mystery around him for the first time, as far as like, where is his ADP going to fall? Like, are people going to overvalue that 25 games or underestimate it? Um, mm-hmm. There are some spacing concerns. It's, you know, it, it's not that different than than Boston. I mean, uh, Bain's a great shooter. JJJ is a very good shooter for his position. So like, mm-hmm. I just see more of a leadership role because I think smart is a natural leader, but like Jalen Brown, 
and Tatum, they always had this tendency to like, you know, it was their team. They were the best players on the team. So there was a tug and pull between them. And I feel like someone like John Morant is looking for guidance. He's looking for somebody that's tough and experienced like Marcus Smart. He's going to have the respect of that room. I think for someone like Marcus Smart, that it could actually affect his play. This is a little bit of a, uh, uh, just, mm. um, this isn't really facts-based, but I feel like that fit in Memphis actually could have a positive impact on his fantasy production because I think he's going to be so comfortable in the role he's in. And I really like, I'm just, I'm curious to see how that plays out. You know, I'm not planting my flag next to it, but I have this hunch that that fit in Memphis and being able to finally be a leader and somebody that the young guys look up to to be like, Hey, show us the way, dude, we haven't been there yet. Um, And it's such a talented team. Uh, I think that he's a fascinating player just in general in his new location. Um, And I'm curious where his ADP lands, but, uh, but yeah, I love Marcus smart. I'll still be tempted by him in the same range. He always goes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a good point. I mean, you know, you know exactly what you're getting from him and that's uh, and you're, you're drafting him for those reasons and you're getting him late enough that he's fitting into the roster that you've already created too. So yeah. there is that perk rather than drafting a guy in the third round and then hoping that you, the rest of your team can fit around it. So. Exactly. No yeah. doubt. All right. Well, actually, <laughs> if you don't mind, I wanted to continue talking about the Washington Wizards. <laughs> but we're going back to the Wizards again. <laughs> we have to. <laughs> so this this is a player I got myself really worked up about uh, just today. Actually, he made it to this list today. Um, hadn't given him a lot of thought in the offseason about kind of some of the shuffling uh, that's gone on on this team. This is a player that I've always chased anytime he gets a chance. Um, this player is Daniel Gaffert. Um, you know, he's still a Washington wizard. Uh, we know Beal and, mm-hmm. and Porzingis are not. Um, so I think it's, it's time to rejoice if you're part of the gaff gang, like I've always been, you know, I picked up and dropped this guy more than a penny off the street. <laughs> and so now I think it's, if you're going to pick him up, it's for keeps. Um, I just think there's no way this guy's going to be a value in drafts because he's just been so under the radar, kind of a backup center. And he's so build specific, but like a center that can get you, you know, 10 points, 10 rebounds. This guy, he's a plus 68, 69% shooter. Um, this in, in the blocks. I mean, he could average two blocks a game. So I, I checked in, in a recent industry mock, he was selected number uh, 81. Um, so I haven't done wow. ranks yet, but I, but I bet this guy is going to be in the 50, 60 range for me. And I bet in your average home league, you can get him in the hundreds. So I just think if, when I go through and start really doing my work, uh, pivot out of the football space and really sink into the basketball space. I'm going to find Daniel Gaffer to be one of the top values and, you know, for upcoming fantasy drafts. Cause I just don't think people realize how useful he can be as a full-time starting center. Hmm. I, I guess I, I love the value of these uh, like kind of post hype sleepers. I feel like in general, that is like a really like fun category to go it is for. Fun. Um, the, I just was looking up Daniel Gafford because I was ready to throw some shade on that. Cause I was like, the dude's 29 years old and he's been in the league for 17 years, but uh, he's only 24. He's uh, not 29. I know. I was like, I, I was like, no, I yeah, he's, doing he's a thing. 24 years yeah. old right Feels now. Like he's older, I, but... Yeah. I, uh, I was blown away. I, I feel like these there's been so many years in a row that he's been hyped, you know, whether it was Chicago or then now here in Washington. Um, but uh I, it, it is hard because I feel like I've been, uh, I've hopped on board this train and then have it like just not go anywhere in the station for so long. And Washington has been particularly good at, uh, at building up a lot of these like big guys that, uh, that have the role 
and the athleticism to do stuff and then haven't quite been able to put it together. Um, I think if, if he does put it together, I think this, you're right. I mean, there's the runway for it. He's got all the opportunity in the world. Um, I'll happily bid you up uh, in our league, but I think, uh, <laughs> I, I, I think you're going to end up being higher on him than I am. But, I know. Uh, yeah, I think I will see. too. He's not a player. I'll be afraid to lose. I'm just really, I think of him as like this. I think of him like Mark Williams last year. As soon as he got the opportunity, he kind of was who the hype said he could be. You know, he was a top 50 player in nine cat because of the big guy stats. Daniel Gafford, somebody who we've seen chunks. We've seen that he can do it when given the opportunity, but it always is just, you know, either when Chris Porzingis was hurt or then they were playing the two together and that was kind of awkward. But just with the way the roster is shaking out and his age and the fact that he's under contract, um, I think that we're finally going to get a year where we see what he can do as a starting center. So I'm not going to pay top dollar, um, but yeah, I think that he's going to be a value because people are just going to kind of pass him by. Yeah. Speaking of Mark Williams, did you know that uh, after the trade deadline, uh, Bates the up at a higher ranking per game than uh, the Mark Williams? Did you know I had the decency and the the, the respect for you to not put the up on this list? I was like, you know what? I'm not wasting any time on our first podcast of the season talking about this joker. <laughs> so I was hoping you wouldn't even bother. This isn't well, the blue guys. <laughs> I bothered. I okay, bothered. fine, go. <laughs> no, that, that's all I had. On. Oh, that's all you have. That's, that's really interesting. That's really good. Just one little nugget. I figured you might bring up Mark Williams, but who I also <laughs> like quite a bit too. But. You know, I will say the Phoenix Suns did an incredible job filling out the back end of that roster. It was really impressive. The prize. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I love what they did there. I think they got a lot of uh, under the radar. Like they did a great job getting guys to sign for the minimum, uh, where I thought all those guys would have gone for more like not mid-level, but, you know, at least part of the mid-level someplace else. So um, I'm down to my last guy. I don't know how many guys you have left. I got two left in the quick hitters. Okay. Well, why don't you hit one and then I'll come back to mine and and finish up. I don't have a lot on this guy. I haven't done a lot of research, but I think I want to talk about him. And I just kind of want to hear what you have to say. (laughs) Uh, So this is a guy who's uh, hasn't changed teams, um, but Fred Van Vliet did change teams. So, um, I don't know where I stand on Scotty Barnes actually being a real-life full-time point guard. I'm not sure, but I think I'm about to pay Penny Hardaway level prices in my drafts to find out. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I just want to know what you think. I, I, obviously, it's strange. I mean, they've signed Dennis Schroeder, and that team seems to be in flux. Um, it's very early. I think that you know projecting the Raptors is, is a little mind-numbing right now, um, but where are you at on Scotty Barnes? I know I've been really high on him and he was a bit of a disappointment at times relative to ADP. Um, but, but I'm curious uh, kind of what he could look like in that role next year. Are you curious? It's funny that you brought him up because I had, uh, I had the Raptors on my short list, but I just hadn't fleshed it out enough to kind of come up with strong opinions on it. I was going to go with uh, Dennis Schroeder as somebody I liked significantly more than you did. Um, oh, yeah. But the more I kind of thought about it, and I do like Dennis Schroeder. I think I will. He will end up uh, somebody that's in my draftable guys. Good guy. Um, but the but the more I thought about it, the more I, I kind of was thinking, well, the the reason they they cleared this uh, Fred VanVleet was to put the ball in Scotty Barnes's hand. Um, if not, but the, the other reason I didn't put Dennis Schroeder on there is because I assumed. Dame would take most of his minutes in Toronto, um, you know, once that trade happens, which uh, then I'll r- rake it in on DraftKings. But uh, <laughs> dude, I have definitely... the heat. I've, I, have, I, have, I have the heat for a long time. Two bucks. Now, 74. Oh, my gosh. I'm <laughs> je- that's a 
smart play. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, but uh, two bucks on it though. I know it. That's the worst part of it. But uh, yeah, no, Scotty. But I also will be will be paying pretty high for Scotty Barnes as well. I just oh, you, think. He's, are you serious? You want to go to? Battle? Yeah. Yeah, oh, so you're I, with me. You're, 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 you're I am over. with you on this. Yeah. Uh, last season, I mean, I know we had some fun like discussions about is fan is Scotty Barnes an actually a good fantasy player last season? Uh, I think he wasn't as wasn't nearly that great of a player. I think he had a pretty big regression. Um, but I think that's pretty normal. Would you look at a lot of these high profile rookies? Then the second season teams have a book on them and kind of know how to take those things away. Good point. And then the third, the third season, they're able to come back and make some adjustments and kind of add some wrinkles to their game. Um, I think he's going to have a really big season. I think the ball is going to be in his hands to create a lot more. Uh, you know, the question is going to be, what does the offense look like with a new coach? Uh, that's that big is question. a big question mark, but, uh, but no, I think uh, surprisingly I, I'm also very high on him. That's really exciting, man. I'm so happy to hear that. Just the Raptors last year, and we were fascinated by them last year, but it was just kind of a jumbled mess, man. Like, there, it was just a strange the, – the roster was so strangely constructed, and it's not any less strangely constructed this season. I just think it's cleared out a little bit for Scotty Barnes to take off, and that's what I'm happy about. Yeah. Yeah, the the last guy I have to talk about, and I, I only threw him on here mainly just to uh, – uh, just to kind of get the, co- the conversation started, just because I figured it was somebody that you were going to expect me to talk about. Um, so I, so I am. And okay. uh, that's, that's my boy, my boy, Dylan Brooks. Oh God. Phil and Brooks. <laughs> what a great contract. For Why the, uh, did the Rockets? Okay. Rockets. Okay. Okay. I don't want to get going too much on the Rockets, but like, I understand culture building and, you know, mm-hmm. paying guys when you have the money before you have yes. to sign the second contracts and all that. And I, I, mm-hmm. on our chat, you know, I was backing up the Fred Van Vliet contract just for that reason. But the Dylan Brooks contract, excuse me, the villain Brooks contract kind of sent it over the edge because he's not the kind of guy that's going to come in and be like, oh, I'll just do three and D and spot up in the corner and high five. Like this is a kind of guy who like wants to be a high usage score. He's going to be taking shots from their best wings. That's how villain Brooks rolls. Do you not agree? Oh yeah. Yeah. He's if, if, uh, if swagger was a category in our 19 cat league that we do, he's going to, he'd be a first round pick. Uh, he, for that he looks regard. like he just tried out for the WCW in 1997 and got thrown like from backstage because he pissed someone off when he asked him for a cigarette. Yeah. I, I, I just, I love the fit in real life. If I'm being honest, I think that they, that team needed an infusion of professionalism and just like, uh, and just grit, and, you know, if you we listen to the Memphis players, like to a person, they all had his back. They all loved playing with him. They respected his work ethic. Uh, you know, yeah. his his yeah. just kind of that that dog mentality that he had. And that team certainly needed it. So, I, I, I you know, but uh, but, you know, we're not talking about the real fit. You know, we're talking about what is his uh, impact on fantasy. Um, and, you know, there's some pluses and minuses there. I mean, last season he did take a slight step back as far as, you know, what his shooting was. It was still painful. Uh, you know, he shot 39% from the field, which totally crushes, uh, you know, in nine cat just can totally lose you that week with that kind of shooting. So it's, it's, it's pretty painful, you know, but, uh, despite all of that, despite shooting 39% from the fields, 
he was still the 114th ranked player. Um, not a guy that's a long-term hold on your roster, but at that, at 114, that's somebody that is going to be in and out of lineups most weeks. Uh, it has a lot of value there. And, and his value is derived mainly from hitting two threes a game and then, uh, and then his defense. That's all true, but when I think of Dylan Brooks, all I think about is somebody who's going to get in the way of more valuable fantasy players and younger players who I'd like to see develop. So I just see him as an as a problem. It's oh yeah, a, just a menace. Honestly, I think that this is a good time to let the people know that we're both endlessly fascinated with this Rockets rotation. It's really early on. I kind of want to come up with a projection of what I think they might do and what I think they should do and what we hope for fantasy. But someone's going to miss out. Um, you know, with Doka coming over, um, who knows? It could be my boy Shingun. It could, you know, Jabari Smith's a better defender. Maybe he gets annoyed at Shingun if he's not making improvements on the defensive end. Dylan Brooks, he could play him 38 minutes a game, and Tari Eason could play 16 minutes a game. They could start Tari Eason and Jabari at full power forward and center and bring Shingun, who I think has all NBA talent in his DNA. They could bring him off the bench again. So, um, for anyone who's listening to the end of this podcast, we will be doing a Rockets deep dive in uh, the next episode of our summer series, unless if you want to back out, mate. No, no, I'm very, I have multiple Rocket guys, and so I'm excited about jumping it into the next one. Um, I'll probably talk about Dylan Brooks further in that one. Okay. Uh, but just to wrap up the Dylan Brooks, I have him as, uh, <laughs> I, I have this as Dylan Brooks as a jello shot only party. You're going oh, to the party. That's all they're serving. Uh, only party. That just sounds like a dive bar that like the beer taps don't work, but they made jello shots. <laughs> they're like, I'm sorry, the kegs are tapped, but I do have these uh these blue raspberry. It's always just blue raspberry left. Right. <laughs> Is that all Dylan Brooks has it's, in his party? It's gonna be it's gonna be pretty fun, but uh, you know, you might be paying for it come uh Sunday. Have you ever gotten very, very drunk off jello shots? And if so, how many did you have to eat? Because I love jello shots, but it's a novelty. I'll get one at a bar if they have them. You know, if you if you're going around with your friends, you know, I love jello shots. But have you ever just ripped through eleven of them? No, no, I Good. never have. The, I've Good. gotten close. The closest thing I've done was with these, uh, you know, those like ices, like the little frozen popsicles in a in a bag. Yeah, like otter uh, pops. Otter pops. Thank you. Yeah. So we did a uh, a melted melted one of those in a test tube with a shot of vodka, and that was the worst hangover I've ever had in my entire life, uh, hands down. So that's pretty close. It's like a melted Jello <laughs> shot. Speaking of the worst hangover I've ever had in my entire life, the final player on my list. Uh, before- <laughs> Is John Collins because I lied. It's it's a total party. I, Collins has top fifty up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm coming with it's you. Come I'm full around. It's come full. I think I think John Collins. You came around on and uh, who is the guy that I helped you? Kuzma. I think you you're getting close on Kuzma right, too. Yeah. Yep. Oh. Yep. I will remind everybody, please make sure you are following Projecting the Jump on Twitter. That's at Projecting the Jump Pod. And you can follow me as well at Quano Physics, Q U A N O Physics. Um, and just keep an eye out. We got some stuff coming down the pike that we're really excited about. Um, Nate, this has been really fun just getting some reps with you. Um, it's not, it wasn't my most organized process, but like, um, yeah, I had a great time. So I, I hope it was useful for you guys just getting some of these player takes out early. Uh, before we can actually start looking at some early ADP. 
Yeah, and if, if anybody's still listening and we're as we're kind of solidifying the rest of this uh, preseason or summer process, if there's topics that you would like to hear about, uh, hit us up on, on that social media and we'd love to dive it in. Um, I feel like we, I don't think we left any meat in the bones on the Wizards, but uh, if you feel like there was, uh, you know, let us know and we'll, we'll, we'll jump back in on it too. I'm definitely going to be bringing up Johnny Davis on our next pod, as does he actually exist. Like, is that an idiot? Are we doing a G League uh, pod too? Well, we are gonna we are gonna do a real or not real summer league pod. So you're gonna get a rocket steep time, a little bit of real or not real. There's some guys from summer league we got to talk about, like um, are these guys who could be fantasy relevant, or is this just a guy to keep an eye on for dynasty, that sort of thing. But um, all right, well that has been our very first episode of season two, the preseason for Natron Clean. This is your boy Flying J. Keep an eye out for that on the next episode, and we'll talk to y'all then. Cheers. Later. Projecting the jump. 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 Projecting the jump.